You've selected a show from the Podcast Jukebox, a DIY podcast network. Crippled Content Creations and Podcast Jukebox present Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on sex and disability with your host, Andrew Gerza. Disability After Dark with Andrew Gerza. Shining a bright light on sex and disability. This episode of Disability After Dark has been brought to you by Come As You Are. Come As You Are is Canada's only worker-owned co-op sex shop. Trans-owned and operated, Come As You Are carefully reviews and curates their selection of sex toys, books, and DVDs. Now you can get 15% off your next purchase at comeasyouare.com using coupon code AFTERDARK. Content warning. The language, content, and discussion found within this episode of Disability After Dark will be explicit. Listener discretion advised. Hello, hello, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for clicking on this brand new episode of Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on sex and disability. I am Andrew Grissa, your disabled dreamboat. Hello, welcome. So get comfy, cozy, and crippled, and let's get started. So on the episode today, I'm going to do a movie review of this little indie film that I've seen floating around my social media feed for a few years now, and I've been reluctant to see the movie because the trailer was full of inspiration porn and full of all the same tropes that we are so used to seeing with respect to anything regarding disability on film. You've heard me talk about all these tropes before with regards to all the other films we've done, like Eliza and the Fishman when we did The Shape of Water, um... When we did Me Before Ew, all that stuff. So, very similar tropes, but I wanted to do this film because I was curious about it because it was a film that featured a gay love story centered around disability. So, I started thinking that I was going to watch it maybe as a review for this show in here, and now here we are. But it literally took me like two years to actually sit down and want to do the review because I was so worried about the type of content in this film and how schmaltzy would be and I wasn't wrong the film's pretty horrible and I'll get to why in a minute but uh I felt like I wanted to do it because it was one of the first indie films where you see a disabled queer person um in a romance so I felt it was important to do and to talk about what sort of pushed me over the edge to watch this movie to kind of hate watch it and to like watch it with a super critical cripple eye, if you will, was that I got an email from somebody saying that they had just watched this film and they wanted to find a guy like the main character, Morgan, who is paralyzed in an accident. You know what? Let me pull up that email and actually read to you what this person sent to me because when they sent it to me, I was like, oh dear, no, no. So let me read that to you now. I got this email back in March from somebody, and I'm not going to say who they are, I'm going to keep their name out of it, but the subject line was gay men with disability. They said, I'm not sure how to ask this. After seeing the movie Morgan, I'm in love with the idea of sharing my life with a disabled man. 
I'm not sure how to go about it or how to meet someone like Morgan. I'm not sure what is going on with me. I'm 52 and single. Maybe you could shed some light. I do not have a disability. And that's literally, that's literally the email. It was really short and succinct and kind of weird. It kind of threw me off guard. I remember getting it um, in the morning that day in March being like, what do I, I don't know how to do with this. And I didn't, I didn't respond to him for, for about a day because I wanted to like really make sure I was thoughtful enough to answer him appropriately um, and to not be so rude. Because when I first got it, I was, when I reread it a few times, I was super mad and super creeped out by the way he was presenting it. So I wrote him back and said, you know, and you should know that Morgan is a, fictional, is a fictional film without any actual disabled actors. So it is an inaccurate depiction of a relationship with, with a disabled person. Morgan is not real. Moreover, and I'm, I'm uncomfortable helping you find someone, quote, like Morgan. I think you need to confront some of your own ableist assumptions in that statement. It is okay to be attracted to disabled people, but if you want to date someone disabled solely so you can satiate some feelings of pity or inspiration you have for them, that is a problem. And I just, I, I sent it like that. I was trying to be respectful, but I was really mad that you would ask me to find you a disabled person to date so you could feel, it was really uncomfortable. And so because I got this email like randomly in my box, I was like, well, now I have to watch the movie because I got an email about it. I have to watch it now. So then it took me another two months to sit down and watch the film. I got, I got that email on March 9th, and now I'm recording this on May 1st. So it took me two months to like really figure out how to record an episode about that and do a, a review that was proper and fair. So, but here we are. I'm going to now review it. So let me tell you a little bit more about the movie first, and then we'll review it. The movie came out in 2012 and was produced by... I have it here. It was produced by... Michael... Or, sorry, it was directed by Michael Akers, and it was distributed by United Gay Network, which I, which I assume is like... Is like a, a gay film, indie film thing. That's I mean, it was really poorly produced, like really low budget produced, which is fine. I'm all about low budget produced things. Um, this podcast is low budget produced, but it it was just wow. So it was produced by United Gay Network and stars Leah, Le sorry Leo Minaya as Morgan, Jack Kessie as Dean. And then a whole bunch of other characters you never see again and don't really matter. Uh, and so the story is about a young, paralyzed gay athlete who attempts to live his life in a situation far from desirable. After an accident leaves him paralyzed from the waist down, Morgan Oliver is first seen wallowing in a state of depression, drowning his sorrows in beers as he watches bicycle racing, the sport that at once defined his sense of purpose and drove him to his, cata his catalytic accident. He meets Dean Kagan, who helps him through the way. What? Who helps him through the way, and and a romantic relationship develops between the two. Once Morgan knows about the New York Haven psycho race, he decides to take part in the race with the help of Kagan and sponsorship from the blah blah. So basically, he's an athlete who gets paralyzed in a bike race, and then he goes through the. The stages of depression with paralysis, which I, which is totally valid and real and true, and that does happen. But then he decides to race, and so they, him and him and this 
guy, Dean, have a relationship. It's a whole thing, which we're going to get into now. But that's basically the synopsis. Um, so now I'm going to play the trailer and then we'll get to the review. The counselor says that he's in denial, that he hasn't accepted what's happened. But if I just want to be the same old me that I was before. I'm Morgan. Dean. I'm just afraid that, that I can't do the things that you want, because I can't. Let's figure it out together. You never told me what happened. Last year at the base, my tires snagged the guy in front of me, and we both went down. Do you think it's changed you? I was a winner. I think you can still compete. I'm thinking about doing the race. I'd be glad to sponsor you again. You just like old times. Have you lost your mind? I just need to learn how to race in a wheelchair. you to quit. This is serious. You have to know when to say when. What if something happens to you? What if you get hurt? Who's gonna take care of you? Me? I can win. I know it. Okay, so the very first scene in this film is Morgan getting out of bed. And I gotta say, the guy who plays Morgan, well, he's not disabled, and well, that will irk me for the to the end of time. He's super cute, and if that actor ever wants to find out what it's like to really hang out with a disabled person, I am available. Let me know. My number is 647... No, no, no. Okay. So the first scene is him... Getting out of bed and transferring into his wheelchair, which is like a trope. Whenever we talk about paralysis, one of the first scenes is always that, and super, it's super annoying. And so the director does this thing they always do when they want to make a cinematic foreboding thing about paralysis, where they highlight his legs, they show his legs like getting on a bed and they shoot just his legs and they pan to his legs a bunch of times which is showing that being a wheelchair user is like the most worst thing that could ever happen to you to be a wheelchair user and I immediately was like Ugh, I can't this is we're, we're 30 seconds into this film and this is happening Jesus Christ like that's what I that's was my very first thought and because this film is low budget the aesthetic is like really you can just tell that nobody had there was no production value and they obviously rushed to get this done in like a weekend or something because it's really painful to watch and there are none of the actors is with anyone that anyone recognizes like no one is no one is anybody of importance in this film um not that it matters i love indie stuff this podcast is indie but wow oh goodness um so the very next scene, once he gets into his wheelchair and he transfers, he's at his computer in the morning trying to jerk off. And he can't. He realizes that he can't jerk off the same way that he used to jerk off uh, before his 
paralysis. And so I think this is an, this is this scene particularly is an important one because the discussion is important, but it's just taking down a bunch of notches because the we know the actor is not disabled, and so that dilutes the subject matter for me and makes it less interesting to care about. If the actor was actually disabled, I would be like, yes, this scene's really important, but to watch a non-disabled actor pretend to not be able to get an erection is like, okay, now you're just being unfair. Also, before we go any further, you can watch the show on Netflix, on, not Netflix, you can watch the show on YouTube, or the movie on YouTube, rather. I found a link that has the whole film, that's how I watched it. I will put a link in the show notes if you want to follow along, as I'm telling you hilarious things about it, that's what you can do. And, and I'll make sure the link is in the show notes. Okay, so our main character, Morgan, realizes that he can't jerk off, and he has a moment about it. Uh, and then the next scene is he's sitting with his mom in the in his kitchen just randomly, and they're going over his expenses because he wants to buy a sport wheelchair. And in my notes I have, oh, of course he wants to buy a sport wheelchair because he has to be athletic and sporty. And, and like, why couldn't he want to buy a power chair? And say, Mom, I want to get a power chair because pushing my arms is too hard and I don't want to do that. Can I get a power chair? I'd love to see that instead. So they have a whole discussion about how he wants to buy a sport chair. His mom says, no, we can't afford it. And his mom says he needs to, to get the money to get the chair himself and get a job. And the next line in the movie is, no one's going to want to hire a cripple mom. And to this I was like, ew, I hate when the director uses, like when they give, when they give, non-disabled direct non-disabled actors directions to be like use this disability term for like the shock value in the film without looking at the history and and the reclamation and the importance of the word to the, the community and to realize that you just because you're playing a disabled character doesn't mean you can really say this and it just bothered me when i watched it what do you people think do you think do you think that non-disabled actors when playing disabled characters should be allowed to use that terminology in film or should we scrap that all together unless you really are disabled so in that same conversation with his mom his mom offers to move in to help him for a little bit or or asks him i think she asks him to move in with her and he's like no no i want to do it on my own i'm okay i'm okay i'm okay um and then the next scene, he's with his best friend, and they're on, they're they're at his place. And I guess she hadn't seen him since he was in the hospital. And so she goes to touch his leg, and she's like, "Oh, can I touch your leg? Can you feel that?" And like, why does every movie about a paralyzed person have to have that annoying trope? Don't touch my fucking leg, even though I couldn't feel it. Just because you want to see isn't. It's not funny or cute. It's actually really rude. <laughs> it's super rude. And so they're talking, and she touches his leg, and they have their whole moment, which is, again, really weird and uncomfortable to watch. It was it was not comfortable for me to watch that, but they do that. They play it okay, and then he says to her, Morgan says to his friend, do you want to sit in my wheelchair and just see what it feels like? And she goes, oh, no, hell no, man, that's bad karma. And I was like, really? That's just, really? So your friend is disabled, but God forbid... 
that would happen to you. Like, no, that's just, why do we need to see that scene? It just was really, it's really, and they play it off like it's a friendly thing, and I was like, that's not cool. Wheelchair users watching this are are not going to feel supported in any way in this film so far. Like, okay. So, then he has to go to the store to buy some wine or something, because he, he's depressed about being paralyzed. So, he goes to the store to buy some wine, and, and we, uh, he, he goes to, like, get in the elevator, and we have to see him navigate the elevator and grab his coat and do all these things. And I think all these narratives make sense and are important to show what your life would be like after paralysis, but again... They lose their potency because the actor is not disabled, and so you're you're playing that you're playing that up really hard, and it doesn't it just it just feels so disingenuous. Also, I've written down all these things, and we are only eleven minutes into this movie, y'all. Like I had this movie made me feel some sort of way that I wow. Anyway, so he, Morgan goes to the park. The next scene is he's going to the park to, like, go out. And he he's walking home from the park or to the park or somewhere. And he meets a guy at the park who throws a basketball to him. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize you were disabled. Sorry about that. Sorry. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, why are they having this conversation but that part so far felt like the most authentic part because we've all been in that situation where you're just in your wheelchair or your mobility device living your day and somebody's like oh sorry you you have a disability sorry didn't realize that sorry and um so that felt super authentic and i'm kind of glad they put that in there because it does happen every day uh so i'm guess so i guess i'm glad they got the ableism out of the way right away question mark so he and the guys are talking and we learn that this guy Dean is there and almost immediately their sparks like they start playing basketball together um, and then they start like hanging out a little bit and so they go so Morgan decides to go on a date with this Dean guy and as they sit down Dean is able-bodied and as they sit down, Dean says, I got some beers. Is that okay? It's cool. I can get something else. And as I was watching this initially, I thought, that kind of sounds like coded coded language of like, hey, can you drink? Are you like allowed to drink? It's almost like Dean was asking Morgan if, because he was paralyzed, could he have a beer? I don't know. Maybe I'm totally wrong about it. If you've watched that and thought the same thing, let me know. But that's how I felt when I watched it. So they're... They talk a little bit, and the acting when they're talking is so bad. Again, I know that you're unknowns, and I know that no one knows who you are, and I know you haven't done a lot of acting, all of you, especially at this point in 2012, but get some acting classes. Like, take some, just take a class and learn how to do that. I'm not an actor, believe me, I can tell you. Uh, sidebar, I went in for an audition for a commercial a few weeks ago where I was asked to laugh on cue, and I got to tell you, it. I wish I could see the stills of that because I look probably like a sociopath a little bit. I looked really, I had to sit in a room. I went, I went for this audition where I was going to go over this big commercial and be the disabled character in the wheelchair. And so I go there and they're like, okay, just laugh. Just start laughing. 
which is weird because I laugh at everything and I can never I can never not giggle and this time I couldn't laugh. It was really strange. So all that is to say, I am no actor, but seriously, get some acting classes. Like, figure it out. And then from there, at one point, so they're on this date, the two of them. They're on this weird, stilted, awkward date. And then at one point, I think Morgan says, I don't know what they're talking about, but Morgan says, I can do anything any other guy, guy can do. And I just cringed and went, no, no, you can't. And that should be okay. And why do you feel the need to constantly remind us that you're like everybody else when clearly you're not you're paralyzed now so it's okay that you're different it's okay that you're disabled it's just this narrative <laughs> continue excuse me continually push on us as viewers is really hard to watch it also makes it really frustrating that all these movies are directed and produced by non-disabled people it it just really is I feel like these movies would take on a whole different vantage point even if they used non-disabled actors but had a disabled director, things would be totally different. Let me clarify, I'm not saying they shouldn't use disabled actors of course, but I'm saying if they were going to be so ridiculous as to use non-disabled actors and then hire a disabled director, it still might look, it still might pay more homage to disability than these crappy films it just runs it's such an ableist narrative and it's so boring and for an independent film I want them to do something different they're just following the same tropes we see all the time so anyway Dean and Morgan start dating and they go on another date with each other and as they're on this date Morgan says to Dean I made up a word for for non-disabled people I made up a word and I'm gonna tell you what it is and Dean was like, okay, what is it? And he goes, I made up the word leggers. Like L-E-G-G-E-R-S, -E -E leggers. And I was like, as a viewer, I literally groaned and went, what the fuck is this? Where did you come up with such a ridiculous term? It sounds so silly and unnecessary. So I Googled it to see if it's a term that we in the disability community have ever used. And big surprise, it is not. Listen to me, able-bodied director. If you're going to do a film about disability and use terminology to describe a non-disabled person, do your homework a little more. As the two are talking on this date, we realize that, that Dean's mom died, and he's clearly going through a depression that his mom passed away. And for a minute, as I was watching, I was like, you know what, this movie could actually be about two... Disabled people, one with an invisible disability and one with a visible disability, trying to love each other and take care of each other. Like, gasp, shocker, it could totally be that. That would make a totally, a totally in intriguing love story about an invisibly disabled person dealing with depression and a non-disabled person... Wait. An invisibly disabled person dealing with, like, mental health stuff and other... other Invisible disabilities and a, a physically disabled person dealing with that stuff. It would be a great romance film. I totally want to see that. Let's figure that out. It could show how they took care of each other. And it could be like a big fuck you to Dr. Phil and his like 100 out of 100 relationships that involve caregiving fail. Fuck you, Dr. Phil. Fuck you. Fuck you. 
So they keep walking on this date, and they're going, they're going through a, a park somewhere or something. And as they're walking, Dean realizes he has to go downstairs. And he's like, oh, no, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize there were stairs there. Oh, goodness. <laughs> and they spend, like, five minutes of him apologizing for the stairs. And it's like, okay, you didn't have to be that dramatic. Why? And then, so they're sitting on, Dean is sitting on the bench, and Morgan is sitting beside him in his wheelchair. And Morgan, and Dean says to Morgan, you have such a great attitude after all you've been through. And I just thought, blurg, cinematic ableism, why? Also, all this stuff happens super fast. At this point, we're only 20 minutes into the movie, and I am, like, I'm already kind of sort of hate-watching it at this point, and I don't know why, I don't know why, I don't know why, I don't understand why everything is happening so fast. And then in one of the next scenes, he says to Dean, oh, there's stuff that I can't do, too, and I was like... Five seconds ago, you said you can do everything else like everyone else, and now you're now you're realizing you can't do it. It just didn't. It felt very rushed, and it felt like they were putting these realizations in without any context for the film, and I just didn't. I didn't enjoy that, and it was very confusing to watch. Like one minute they were saying, "Oh," one one minute Dean, one minute Morgan was saying, "Oh, I can do everything you can do," and literally five minutes later he was like, "Oh, there are things I can't do." Wow, it was very jarring as a viewer. So they're happy and they're dating, and then the, and then Morgan goes to his hot physio. His physio person is like super hot, and they're talking about how Morgan has a boyfriend, and they're chatting and they're doing his stretches, which never happened to me. I never had a hot physio. What the hell? And so he gets all he gets in this flirty combo with his physio about about what kind of sex he can have with his boyfriend, which again is something as we've talked about would never happen in real life. You would never be able to talk to your physio or your PSW about the hot sex you might have with your boyfriend. That's just not how that works. So, obviously this was created by, like, a non-disabled director because a disabled person would know that. The physio also suggests that he and, that Morgan and Dean, Dean should do exercises with Morgan and it would bring them closer to each other and he could understand his body, which is really actually very good advice, but I think... Realistically, Morgan should have balked at the idea and said no, because I don't think I would be really comfortable with my lover who I've known for all of two seconds. Like, their whole relationship moves so fast, and, like, within within 30 minutes of the movie, they're already, like, moved in. It's very weird. But I don't know if I'd be comfortable with my lover who I've known for two seconds doing my, doing my stretches. And also, I was thinking about this. I don't know if I want my lover, who I who I want to feel good things with, intentionally hurting me to do stretches. I don't know if I want to connect those two things as a disabled person. I'm not sure. Have any of you had your boyfriends or girlfriends or partners or people do your stretches for you? How does what's how does that go? Tell me about it. So as Dean is stretching Morgan out, there uh, Dean Dean says to Morgan, "Oh, so you never told me what happened to you?" And I just thought, dude, the guy is letting you stretch him out. The guy is trusting you to do stretches with him and let you do this. This is a this is a big privilege. Now is not the time for your ableist bullshit. I do not have time for your ableist questions as I'm in a vulnerable, stretchy position with you. Fuck right off. No. And then 
he tells him, and so he, he, he tells him, and says, oh, I got in a bike accident, and so that's what happened. And they have a moment, and they share that together, and then they start making out on the stretch mat, which, again, is a huge fantasy of mine, but I don't know how I feel about the reality of that. So they, they make out on the stretchy mat, and then Dean goes for Morgan's crotch, and he's like, whoa, whoa, you can't touch me there, because I don't know if it works, it feels strange, I don't know if I can do all the things you want, whatever, and then that's it. And then that's the scene. So then Morgan goes to the to his bear of a doctor. Like, this doctor guy is totally like a bear in the village for sure. So Morgan's at his bearlicious doctor and says, like, hey, so I wanna I wanna race again, I need a physical. And also, what about my equipment, Doc? And so the doctor looks at him in the most doctory way ever and is like, <coughs> so basically Morgan is like, hey, can I, <coughs> what about my equipment? Can I, like, can I have sex? And the doctor goes, well, you can probably get hard, but you probably won't be able to ejaculate. They should have told you that in the hospital. Kind of like, you should know better. Why would you ask me this? And it's like, fuck you, doc. Just tell him, and why do you have to be so, like, cagey about it? And this is what people go through when they talk to their doctors about sex. It's weird, like, you should know better, someone should have told you that, deal with it. So the backstory of this whole thing is that Morgan got into a bike accident, and he wants to race again, but he wants to race in his wheelchair. So he tells his friend that he wants to race in the wheelchair division of the, of the bike race, because he wants to, and his friend goes... Oh no, don't race in the wheelchair division of the bike race because you might die. That's literally like basically what she says verbatim. And I was like, why would you, what? Just because he's in a wheelchair now doesn't mean he can't race. And he won't die. Leave him alone. Let him race. But I was like, why would you think he would die just because he's disabled? Fuck. Ableism. Cinematic ableism. Why? And also, the acting from all the like, the people who aren't Dean and... Morgan is really bad. I mean, Dean and Morgan are also really bad, but the the B players in this film are extra horrible. So if you're watching, be prepared for that. So the next scene is Dean, Dean and Morgan go over to Morgan's mom's place for dinner, and the, Morgan introduces his mom to Dean and to his friend. And they have this dinner where his mom, Morgan's mom gets drunk and like tries to basically say that because Morgan is Latino, he's a hot lover, which is full of racism. And so then, no, but nobody calls her on it. They're just like, oh, she's drunk. No big deal. Oops. Like whatever. And I was like, wow, that's not okay. Um, and so then after the weird dinner, Morgan and Dean are sitting in, in, in one of their houses, and they're talking about whether or not Dean is bothered by Morgan being in a wheelchair, and then so they're like, does, Morgan's like, does my wheelchair bother you? Like, what's what's going on with that? Like, the typical questions. And Dean goes, well, yeah, I guess it does bother me. I sort of wish you could walk, and we could do all these things together, but it doesn't matter, which, which again, is a very real conversation, but so poorly acted that it doesn't land anywhere. It just feels flat and forced. The whole movie actually felt super forced, and like it just didn't feel like any of this was genuine. It just felt really, really forced. Like their lines felt like they were really 
trying to find emotion where there wasn't any, and it just didn't, it wasn't a fun thing to watch. At one point during that conversation, Dean goes to sit on Morgan's wheelchair as a way to show him that he's okay with him being disabled. And I guess it's cute, sort of, but it's also super ableist without asking. And to see that on film means that all the gay dudes who were able-bodied who watched this film and didn't have any understanding of disability were like, oh, oh yeah, if I ever date a disabled guy, I can ride around in this chair. Woo! Like, that's not how that is. And if you're gonna be with a disabled person who's a wheelchair user or has a mobility device, rule number one is ask and don't put that on fucking film. It's not cool. So if we're, if we're going to remake this movie, we should use a congenitally disabled actor. And also, we should not put ableist tropes in there like that. Wow. And then Dean is like, but Morgan, you have to know I'm falling for you regardless of disability or something like that. And then they have sex. And I thought the sex scene was really dark and poorly lit and really like low budget sex scene, whatever. But it was important because you got to see a non-disabled character and a disabled character having sex. And I think for anybody who has no knowledge of disability, to see that for the first time on film was important. But it was also kind of weird because you could tell that the non-disabled actor playing disabled would forget at times he was playing disabled and move his leg a certain way, which is very poorly acted. So next time we do this, get a congenitally disabled actor, please. So then Morgan goes over to Dean's place to see it for the very first time, and they've been dating at this point for a few months. I guess, who knows, the timeline of this whole movie is really... The timeline is so fast that they've only they've only been on screen for like 45 minutes and they're already in like a long-term committed relationship. It's very, very strange. So anyway, Morgan goes over to Dean's place and Morgan realizes that Dean got him, bought him a shower chair so he could shower in his place with him, which is super sweet and super kind of adorable. But also, maybe you should have talked to the disabled person about that before you just went and did it. It feels like... You probably should have. And it feels also like maybe have the conversation so you don't spend hundreds of dollars on a chair that's inaccessible to him. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying the gesture wasn't sweet. I'm just saying, like, why would you spend money on the chair when it might not work for him? You don't know. Check first. And so they're at his place. And, and remember, Morgan is there for the very first time. He's never seen his place. Which makes the whole timeline again feel off because... How could you be dating for a few months and have never seen his place? Have never seen your partner's place? It's just weird. So he's there for the very first time, and Dean says, "If you want me to change anything in here, let me know. I want it to be our home." And I said in my notes, "Okay, they've been dating for a hot second. How are they moving in? Also, where are all these guys who want to move in right after sex? Send them my way, please." Seriously, most guys, after we hook up or hang out for a few times, are like, okay, bye, I want to meet the guy who wants to move in right away. Shit. So Morgan tells everybody that he wants to do this race, and so he and Dean go to the place where the race is supposed to happen, because the race man, the, the guy who was managing the race, he goes there at some point during the film and says like, 
oh, I want to race, and so they set it all up, and then they change the route of the race so that he can't race anymore in his wheelchair or something. It's very confusing and not very explained very well. But he, the, so he goes to the spot where the race was supposed to happen with Dean, and he won't let Dean touch him, and he's like, you have to respect that I don't want you to touch me when we're out in public because I'm disabled and you're not or some bullshit. And it just felt so, again, super staged. At one point, Morgan is sitting with his mom doing doing finances again, and she notices that his account is overdrawn because he's trying to buy all these racing wheelchairs or whatever. And so she says, you know, you can't always be dependent on somebody else. You can't always ask for help. And I was like, wait a minute, Mama Morgan. Didn't you say that, like, you would move in or you would you would bring Morgan to your place to help him out? How those those two things are very different. Do you want him to be independent or do you want him to be or do you want him to be able to ask for help? Decide. It doesn't make sense. So then Dean and Morgan move in move in with each other again super fast at lightning speed. They move in with each other and and the only reason we really know this is because Dean comes home one day and is like, I'm home and it's like what? And then he finds Morgan has fallen down in the shower and hurt himself and he like freaks out and calls the doctor. And it's like, oh no, doctor, come over, come over right away. And so Morgan goes to the doctor, and the doctor's like, the doctor says, um, maybe you should get off the erectile dysfunction pills. Morgan, maybe you should, like, maybe don't do that. And Morgan's like, I don't want to give up my sex life. And the, the doctor's like, you can't always have life the way that it used to be. Kind of saying, like, you can never have sex again, deal with it. And I was also, that, that I was like, that's true to life. But also, doctor, fuck off. Like, those scenes with the doctor are very real. And that, that is the most authentic thing in the movie. The doctor and his... The ableism at the beginning with the basketball. Those are the most authentic things in the film so far. Oh, yeah. And then during the part where Morgan hurts himself, Dean helps him get in bed. And they're kind of having a fight. And they're talking about how... Morgan still wants to go on the race and do all these things, and he wants to find a way. And Dean says, I'm rearranging my whole life for you. And I was like, whoa, whoa, no, no. Super ableist bullshit. I don't agree with that. But I'm wondering whenever, if any of you have partners and you're disabled, have you had fights like that with your partner where your disability was used as a weapon against you? Or as a bargaining chip? Let me know. So his mom keeps realizing that he's spending all this money on racing chairs. And his mom comes over and says, you can't race. You could die. Don't do that. And I kept thinking, you know what? This guy is like a 28-year-old adult. He's allowed to make poor decisions, even if they're bad ones. And then he yells to his mom, maybe I want to die. And all I could think was, oh, this trope is still happening. It's so boring. Just die then. How, at that point, I was like, wheel your wheelchair out in, the, out in the traffic and just get hit by a car. Then, if that's, if that's the narrative that you want this film to go in, die already. Fuck. So, Morgan is fighting with everybody, trying to get this money for this racing wheelchair, and they all say no because they don't want him to get hurt. Basically, they're not giving this character any agency over his own life, and they're all telling him no, which is a whole other level of ableism. So, he phones his best friend to again ask her for money, 
and she's like, you never cared about me, no, 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 I'm not going to do this for you, I'm not going to let you hurt yourself, blah, 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 and so he does that with his friend, and, and then he's like, oh no, why would you yell at your friend in a wheelchair, why would you, why would you do that, how dare you, and I was like, you know what, disabled people have fights, that's okay, like, it was a ridiculous scene, and if you watch that scene, you'll just laugh your face off, it's so funny, um, Oh yeah, what he actually says to his friend verbatim is, What kind of a friend screams at another friend in a fucking wheelchair? Again, disabled people can have fights, and disabled people can also be assholes. My friends and I fight, and have fought, and will fight again. My wheelchair notwithstanding. So, then he makes up with his mom, and he says, Oh, thank you for being there for me when I had the accident, thank you, which... Would have been a really sweet scene if the actor was disabled. Just saying. And then Morgan and Dean meet each other again on the basketball court. They say they love each other and they want to try again. And that's the scene. That's the whole movie right there. Even though they were dating for five seconds, now they're in love again. It's very, It was a very quick and poorly thought out movie. The whole trope of the film was like, let's show what a disabled person can be can can have gay romance. That's the whole film. And it just felt so poorly done. I want to read for you a review of the film from, a, from I'm not sure where, but the, the reviewer wrote, Morgan is not a sophisticated film, which I think is like film reviewer code for like, it's pretty bad, but it is a very human one. Morgan has an abundance of heart, blah, and speaks to the travais of the disabled in a way that is rarely addressed in cinema, queer or otherwise. Well done. Also, I feel like when a reviewer reviews your movie and says well done, they're also saying it's crap. It's pretty bad. Uh, this movie also won a bunch of awards. It won awards from uh, Outfest in LA, Cleveland International Film Festival, Frameline, which I, which a movie that I was in was in that festival. So I would, and this was in 2012. So I'm hoping that by 2019 we could do better. So Frameline and other festivals don't screen movies without disabled actors from now on. Thanks. Uh, I didn't like this film. It was really poorly done. It was so painfully trope laden that I could barely watch. But here we are. Uh, let me know what your thoughts on it. And, um, that's the episode. Thanks, friends. I'll be back next week. Bye! Alright, friends. That's another episode of Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on sex and disability. My name is, of course, Andrew Gerza, and thank you so much for listening and helping the show go. I really appreciate that you all listen and that you come back every week and I love doing it and I love shining a bright light on these topics so thank you if you want to follow my work you can head over to www.andrewgerza.com where you'll find my writings some cool videos I've been in and you'll see where I've been talking where I've been doing talks and if you want to hire me to talk you can do so there as well if you want to follow me on the social media you can Put in all my handles on Insta, Twitter, and Facebook at the Andrew Gerza. 
If you want to follow the podcast specifically, you can follow us on Twitter at DisAftDarkPod or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash DisabilityAfterDark. This show is a completely independent production. I literally record the show here in my bedroom in Toronto, and that's awesome. So if you want to support this fully independent program, you can head over to Patreon.com slash DisabilityAfterDark, and you can pledge $1 a month to get the show early and get really cool perks like that, and I, I will give you a shout-out on the air, and thank you for your support. It would be super awesome if you could also leave a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you download your podcast so that this show, all about sexuality and disability, something we don't talk about enough, can get more traction and more people can hear about the show. Lastly, if you want to be a part of Disability After Dark, you can submit your suggestions, story ideas, or your minisodes to our email inbox, disabilityafterdark at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, we'll be back next time, right here on the program Shining a Bright Light on Sex and Disability, Disability After Dark. Copyright Notice Disability After Dark was presented, created, and produced by Andrew Gerza and Crippled Content Creations, with music by Chris Ujiuchi. Any and all materials, including graphics, audio recordings, and music are property of the owner and cannot be used or distributed without express permission. Copyright, Crippled Content Creations, 2018.